podcast name played nobody. I committed the cardinal sin last night where I said this season sucks <laughs> on Twitter. We'll get into that this week. Um, but I'm going to try as we march through S and P plus and we look at what's left and what's ahead for this season. Uh, I'm going to try and find happiness in the small things because the big things are um, very much decided. Are the small things, do that, does that include watching the Falcons while trying to podcast? It's halftime now. Our show is delayed recording. We've been, we've had the mics up and the feed going for a while, but I, I had to make it to halftime because um, it really is even, even in the landscape of podcasting, inappropriate profanity. Oh, it's, it was, I, I agree. I agree. I had not witnessed that exactly. So yes. Yeah. It's not good. What little professionalism I have just poof. Um, all right, Bill, you ready? This is the, uh, Sunday edition of Bob podcast. Ain't play nobody. It's college football marriage numbers and words. That's a robot. Bill Connolly. You can find him at SBN underscore Bill C the author of multiple books and the inventor and proprietor of this year, newfangled S and P plus ranking system that we're about to unveil for, this is following week. The hell week is it? 11? 10. This was 10. This is 10 going into 11. That makes total sense to me. Uh, my name is Stephen Godfrey. You can reach me at 38 Godfrey. I spent yesterday trying to figure out Kansas's coach was going to get fired immediately. Fired lame duck. Fired. Who cares? God. I know. Who cares? <laughs> All right, Bill, you ready? All right. We start with a mea culpa. Oh, you, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, get that out. Of, yeah. Good. Get that out of your system. But here's the deal. I don't think you should be too hard on yourself but if you oh, want no, to i'm not gonna be too hard on myself i just have to acknowledge like when when you are when you are vanquished you have to uh you know you you have to acknowledge that your opponent was better than you and uh after saying i was coming at coming for the pie ratings uh, this week and i really wanted the number one or well what would be the number one spot on prediction tracker if i actually tried to get on prediction tracker um it appears the pie ratings had another really solid week and S&P got its ass kicked. Now, I should specify, it got, it, it got, it, it did fine in terms of like the absolute error, how far, you know, the, the, the that was about normal. Like it's a really, it performed about normal, but somewhere like midday for the week at one point, it was eight, tw- or eight, yeah, 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 eight, 20 and one against the spread because Vegas was dialed in. Um, it, it, it came back, got to within six games of 500, still at 54% for the year. If, if I'm looking at this right, it's still second to the pie ratings in terms of, uh, performance against the spread, which is fine. Uh, but who I announced I'm coming for him and he, he, I, I got, I got slayed. I got, uh, I, I got, I got the, uh, the, the, the sword to the, uh, to the chest region. It'll be okay. We'll make it back this week. What degenerates say? You ready? Sure. Twenty-five teams in twenty-five minutes. The clock starts now. Um, let's just put Purdue on maybe like an every other week schedule. How about that? So every yeah, other Purdue week, and Iowa gonna... basically is flipped. Uh, yep. Uh, Purdue hits a game-winning field goal, beats Iowa thirty-eight to thirty-six. They're Purdue again. So I don't know. Maybe <laughs> Michigan State was Michigan State last week. I don't know, but oh no, I think Michigan State was extremely Michigan State last week. I think that was yeah. a huge part of it. That was just that was a perfect situation for Michigan State to to beat a team coming off a high and all that. But no, Purdue is uh and maybe because of that, this week was a perfect situation, even though they'd already beaten Ohio State for Purdue to do the same thing to Iowa. Yeah. Sure. Uh, all I know is, all I know is Iowa. I pronounced my. This is not the last time I will say this. I, 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 I announced that I was, I had trust in Iowa. That I felt like they were the most trustworthy team in the Big Ten West. <laughs> but just keep that in mind because that's not the last time I say that. Number twenty-four is Texas A&M. What? What? 
Huh? What'd you do? What did I do? I mean, no. What'd you do, Aggies? Uh, the Aggies that. lost at Auburn despite leading the majority of that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, what? I have a half-finished uh, piece still in uh, my Espionation drafts uh, about how, basically, about how Gus Malzahn's in trouble. I decided to just hold on. I didn't delete it. I decided to just hold on to it for later. But uh, no, that was. Are you supposed to be in trouble? I mean, this is this is now you know. This and the Ole Miss game, we we kept hearing, like, oh, man, they're going to can him. They're going to can him. They're going to can him. Well, I mean, can't can him if he keeps winning, baby. Uh, no, when, he, when he upsets Georgia next week, because let's not pretend that would even be slightly surprising. Um, no. No, they really did. They stunk most of the game, but they got four scoring chances. They scored touchdowns on all four scoring chances. A&M kind of lost its mind when it was trying to end to, to – uh, milk the clock there with whatever that was two, three, four minutes left gave Auburn one last try and Auburn uh, t- took full advantage of it. So I mean, power to him. It was a, it was a hell of a comeback, but A&M kind of played a role there too. But I, you know, overall A&M, you know, played well against a team that S&P still likes. So of course they, you know, it wasn't that much of a surprise to see them moving up two spots. Uh, speaking of every other week, Oklahoma State's at 23. Uh, of if course, somebody would... wants to accuse me of like being paid by the Oklahoma State Athletic Department. I don't think I can actually like refute I, it. I can't. Ref- I can't openly refute it. Say, here's my evidence because you know it's it's funky. Um, they lost to uh, Baylor by four. Um, oh, man, I, I just. I mean, I know. Look, it was it was a. Not a freak play, but I mean, they won in what the last what fifteen seven, seconds, seven, seven seconds, or something like that. Yeah. They they went for it. This is one of those like ultimate. Uh, if you get it, you have balls, and if you don't get it, you're stupid. Um, but Oklahoma State went for it on fourth and three around the Baylor. I think thirty five or forty with a little just a little bit of time left. Um, didn't like to play call at all. It was like a rollout ish kind of thing. And there were no options to roll out to. And so they didn't get it. Then Baylor had a semi short field to go down and score the winning touchdown. But um, I, I do like that. I mean, Mike Gundy's, but you know, he know he knows he's not playing for the big 12 title this year. So it's like, screw it. Why, why not just go for the jugulars post game win probability was 65% Oklahoma state, which kind of explains why they didn't really move after the loss. Uh, but it was still a game. They shouldn't have lost. Number 22 is LSU. We'll get there in a second. Number 21 is Miami. Uh, I, I guess Mark Rick has not really lost control of anything, but maybe just lost knowledge of his offense. Well, yeah, I think I, maybe I'll write about this sometime this week. I don't want to get into it too much here, but really as, as we were talking about in, in our Slack room last night, his two problems right now, both have the last name of Rick, uh, his, his quarterback, coach uh and and son john Richt, and then his play caller mark Richt, are the two biggest issues on this team the defense is awesome better than even i you know i'm i'm a manny diaz homer and the defense is better than i would have thought um but the, and their run game has been kind of all or nothing but it was great yesterday but they can't pass they've got no quarterbacks um and the quarterbacks are getting worse and he play and the way he calls plays he, there's no like hmm, maybe we can just you know sneak our way out of this situation tactically no it's like i I don't trust these quarterbacks to do anything i'm just gonna have him throw like two passes over and over again and maybe it'll work uh he needs he needs a joe moorhead at this point he's really close to being to bowing himself out of yeah big time but he's also a joe moorhead away from having a top 10 team and it's it's really interesting got to allow that space but he's got to allow or he's got to create for that space where that if they go in and shop for an oc this offseason they the oc has to be knowledgeable that you know there's room to do your thing yeah uh, number 20 is missouri that. 
Number 20 is Missouri. Congratulations. You Hell beat yeah. the, your alma mater, beat the alma mater of most of our staff. <laughs> yeah, I, I can justify them at 20th too. They are, they are a literal two plays from seven and two right now. Um, and they responded. I, I, I have a lot of comments to make about, a, about Barry Odom's identity uh, that I'll get into some other time. Uh, but they were pissed off yesterday and they had a chance to stomp the throat and they did it. So congrats on that. Okay. Uh, wow, I I, I kind of leaned back a little bit and let you. Uh, well, I've already I've already wasted seconds on both Oklahoma State and Miami, so I, I figure I have to save Missouri. Maybe we talk about that on Tuesday. Wow. All right. Okay. Moving on. Uh, number nineteen is Utah. Um, it's kind of a blood Saturday, or just maybe not at the top. It like super, it, it really was. Like if we just ignore Alabama and Clemson, this yeah. has been a really strange year with a lot of really strange things happening. And Week Ten had a ton of strange things happening, as S and P can attest. Um, of but, course, the week we decide that Utah is a team that you really need yep. to know about, you really need to focus on. Um, Arizona State beats them by eighteen. Yep. No, this was like everything I just said about Iowa. Say it about Utah. I'm never saying anything nice about Utah again. I, I trusted you this time. Uh, number 18 is West Virginia at a nice seven and one. Uh, probably going to play Oklahoma for Big 12 title. <laughs> still, uh, they still have uh, Iowa State and the weird. That's kind of a funny situation with right now with the Big 12 race. You've got Oklahoma and West Virginia tied at first. But then the loser of OU West Virginia could be in trouble in the tiebreaker because a game behind them are Iowa State, who beat West Virginia, and Texas, who beat Oklahoma. So that could be a really weird tiebreaker situation, even though OU and West Virginia have been the best two, uh, two best teams in the conference for sure. Uh, not a game that I watched at number 17, but um, I, can, I can tell you, I can do a little blind box score bingo and tell you right now, this is the ever-evolving weirdness that is the Justin Wilcox defense at Cal. Yeah. We talked about this in the preview. Washington State just sort of just basically did it. Like they, they just sort of, it was kind of like when you go to Iowa and you end up looking like Iowa, but you're just slightly more talented. So you escape with like a six point win. That's exactly what happened here. Wazoo beat uh, Cal 19 to 13. Yeah. He's creating a little tracking. He's he's creating a little Northwestern in the PAC 12 North. It's kind of, it's weird. It's very strange. Um, Let's see. Moving on. Number 16. Appalachian State <laughs> moved up four spots on a bye week, the, but when the team S and P the team's S and P likes, it's it's not going to stop liking them now. No, uh, six and three Auburn is at number fifteen. We talked about them already, but uh, yeah, basically, uh, you you can't be uh, subject to an insane buyout if you keep winning games and you don't get bought <laughs> out and fired. So yeah. I mean, that's that's fairly safe logic at this point. Uh, we move on. Hey, remember Utah State? I remember Utah State. Yeah, they're eight and one. They beat the crap out of Hawaii. Uh, man, remember when Hawaii was a thing for a minute? They're still, I mean, they still have a winning record, but I just, yeah, I know they've clinched they've got a, the bowl eligibility and all that, but they have, yes. uh, they seem to have, which I mean, of course, they've uh, kind of tired out a little bit after all the, after the gauntlets they always go through in September. But uh, yeah, Utah State just, yeah. while, while everybody else in that range was disappointing, Utah State just laid waste to a team that they were supposed to lay waste to. So they move up. Yes. Uh, Utah State now uh, still undefeated in the Mountain West, by the way. Yeah. Got a big trip to Boise here in a couple of weeks. It's going to be a really good game. Um, number 13, Scani. <laughs> up four. Bad turnovers luck, so they only beat Rutgers by 14 points, um, as opposed to like the 28 that everybody would have assumed in that game. So um, just plugging right along. Plugging right um, uh, the world's ending in uh, Happy Valley. Um, <laughs> explain to me again. 
Real quick, well, Penn State's uh, at 12. They're 6-3. and three. They're down two spots after they got shellacked by Michigan. Why was this a revenge game? Because I was, you know, <laughs> I, I went and made the TV show, and then that pretty much ended the season, and then I haven't done game, I haven't done game, like, on-site game coverage this year. Right. Um, so the last game I covered in person was Penn State-Michigan last year. What did what do I am I misremembering something like well, I, I might be misremembering it too because they blew okay, around but I mean that happens well first of all didn't Fowler and Herb Street call the Penn State Michigan game last year I've been assuming that it was a night I assume yeah. it was on ABC yeah, yeah it was a whiteout okay. game so yeah. if I went back and looked at that broadcast I would I'm almost positive I would hear them talking last year about Penn State wanting revenge on Michigan for the drubbing that they received the year before on the road um because I mean that's that that was definitely a situation. They were mad at Harbaugh. Um, he he ran up the score a little bit. So late in the game, they were still kind of trying to score at the end. And then last night's broadcast with with Fowler and Herb Street, they keep they're laughing about how Michigan really wanted revenge after after Penn State tried to run up the score last year. Like what? what but that doesn't. That's ever, that's both ways. How how are we going? Oh, that's, know, that's great for a rivalry. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's very strange. Uh, some rivalries are close ha, are just tons of close games every year, and some of them are blowouts one way or the other, uh, yeah. like like Florida Missouri. Um, but just generally, like this is clearly a run it up kind of rivalry, and they don't like each other very much, and that's fine. It was just kind of weird. They were chuckling at the novelty of Michigan wanting revenge on Penn State when I'm pretty sure they were saying the exact same words uh, about what 53 weeks ago or so. Uh, Mississippi State's at number 11. Um, here's here's the best way to, to figure out if Mississippi State won. Uh, if Fitz has over 200 uh, passing and 100 on the ground, they probably won. They probably uh, yeah. won. <laughs> that's, that's it. not, not that's to say it. He, they can't lose when he does that, but yeah, that's a pretty good When Your quarterback did that. You, you probably makes you feel pretty good. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, good for them. Cause Louisiana tech's not terrible and they, they manhandled them. Washington. Uh, this Washington Stanford game was like a game that really was going to mean something. I meant nothing like it's, it's weird how fall, how far this, this, this game has fallen just because the, you know, the teams aren't as good as we thought, but anyways, yeah. yeah Washington beat Stanford 27 to 23. Yeah. Washington, um, by the way, 500 in conference play and five and four overall. Yeah. Um, like, it's one of those things that we haven't talked about. Like, you know, we've talked a little bit about teams that should or shouldn't be recognized or whatever, but like it, it, it's, they're like receding week by week almost. I don't know. Yeah, we should talk I mean, about Stanford. Let's make, Bill, take a note. Oh, sure. Uh, the only thing I'll note right now is that Stanford did move up and Washington did move down because Washington was kind of lucky. Some of the bad luck they suffered early in the year, they got some of it back. Um, yeah. But Stanford is, let's see, 35th in S&P, 30th on offense, 46th on defense. It's been a couple of years since they had a Stanford defense now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know about panic buttons or anything like that. I would need to, like, look into it a little bit more, but they are not what they were supposed to be this year, that's for sure. Uh, coming in at number nine is Ohio state. I don't have to talk about Ohio state. I can talk about Nebraska if I want to. Hell yeah. It's your show. Um, God, I hope <laughs> Nebraska could just, I mean, I don't really have anything to add. I hope I, Nebraska is going to win. And I definitely had screen grabs that USA today article ready to go. <laughs> well, <laughs> just, um, not to well, be too salty, but well, what's funny is, I mean, we were in our Slack room yesterday while that was going on. Um, like Alex and Richard um, were well, and I was, I wasn't commenting as much, but I was kind of pissed too. Like Scott Frost coached a horrible game and they almost beat Ohio state. This and is Ohio- actually, this is what I want to say. Ryan day had that team looking better in every phase. Eh. 
Their yes. defense was still bad. Their defense was still real bad early. In yeah, the but 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 the biggest difference is that they were able to compensate with. I mean, th- th- this is a worse team. A little bit, not a lot. There's not. I don't want to. I don't want to over glorify Ryan Day here because I, I have some questions about him too. I, I think if they, if Urban, I'm Meyer not trying were, to get the man the job or anything. I mean, yeah. it's a it's a three game sample. There's you know, right. there's no real way to do that. Um, at least faithfully to the process of everything it takes to be a head coach. But I'm telling you, man, they absolutely they are starting to look worse and worse. No, yes and no. They they looked bad, um, for sure. But I just generally speaking, their their strengths are still their strengths and their problems are still well, <laughs> defense. Uh, Nebraska had a fifty-five percent success rate yesterday, and that was a problem early in the year. So I can like they're they're certainly they're not brimming with confidence. I kind of half expected well, actually, I mean, I guess I kind of half expected either this, like there were two different things I could see happening headed into yesterday. One of them was a game like this where they continued to be underwhelming and just not confident in themselves. And the other one is the typical Ohio State after a loss where suddenly they win like 77 to three or something. Uh, it was most certainly the former and not the latter, uh, yeah. which is discouraging if you're Ohio State. Because I mean, among other things, like you're, at this point, you're kind of hoping that Michigan still has some sort of mental block because if it comes down to any sort of like B game versus B game or A game versus A game, you're getting beat in Columbus when they come to Columbus. Michigan has been a much better team uh, since basically this beginning of week two. Central Florida, uh, they're at number eight. I watched every almost every snap of this game because yeah. I, I, as I it tweeted out, was I really was like fun. bathing kids and putting kids to bed and stuff. And I was literally like, they're going to fake that field goal. And Temple <laughs> did. Uh, it was a fun game to watch um, and a lot of narrative capital in a lot of yeah. narrative being pushed by ESPN on Saturday, a lot of narrative being pushed by UCF on social. Like, you know what? Temple's a good team. They're an improving team and yeah. the NAC has good teams and central Florida beat a good team. And I guess you can spin this any way you want to. It's pretty much that. And you just try and uh, here I'm thankful for a game that was fun to watch and had a lot of energy around it. That was a G five game and we don't have to talk about the streak. And I don't know, maybe I, I don't know if I'm, I don't know what I'm doing myself here. If I'm contradicting myself where I, we beat the bushes so hard for the fact that like the G five can't get into the playoff, but mm-hmm. also like there's something about UCF that just, it's a nonstop push on this that it's, I don't know, man, it's exhausting. It is exhausting. And I mean, meanwhile, I, meanwhile I haven't said a damn thing about the game. It was just really fun to watch. It's by the quarterback is good yeah taking taking the narrative out of the equation and just talking about the game itself it was fun as hell anthony yeah. russo yeah he he had a bunch of great scrambles or, or qb draw type things he threw for 400 something yards um that that uh, temple receiver uh Vintel bryant re- had a great game and all that so i mean yeah it was a really fun game i it was funny though. Cause like basically now it, it's like everybody's been searching for a narrative or a way to kind of downgrade UCF. And so at, like on Friday after the game, we saw a ton of college football writers all basically saying exactly the same thing about, well, and I, I mean, probably our site too. I, I, I can't remember, but it was it, like the, the narrative has congealed to, well, they're clearly still very good, but they're not nearly as good as last year. Uh, yeah, they are. They're, they were. What about, I, yeah, they, and what about the, you see, this is what pisses me off. And now I go back into just jumping back in the mud pit. But like, what about Thursday night makes you think that now? I don't understand because because Temple scored a lot of points. We just said they have a really good – look, that quarterback, uh, the Russo kid, he was insanely accurate. He's a good player. And and again – Breaking like, news. I've been Touchdown. shouting that on the show. Like, Temple's been playing at a top 25 level for a while now. I mean, it, it just wasn't – 
I, what was the line? They were, yeah, they were, they were 10 point favorite and they won by 12, but we have to accept that they're not as good as before. Last year, they finished like seventh in S and P plus currently they're eighth. I mean, they're the same team. They're, they are a very good football team. And, you know, I think part of this as well, especially on the ESPN side, I can't like with as much as I've gotten yelled at by UCF fans, I can't imagine like if, if Chris Fowler ever checks his Twitter mentions, which he might not, I, I would recommend not. Um, we know when Herb Street does, because then he goes on like a two-hour oh quote tweeting frenzy, which I can't say anything because I, I have fun with quote tweets sometimes too. But, um, but I mean, just like I can't imagine how much just the entity of ESPN has gotten yelled at by UCF uh, fans over the last nine months. I'm, I'm sick of them, but their team is still a very good team that if it's not the best mid-major in the country, then it's second behind Fresno State. Both of them have played at a very, very high level, uh, and UCF hasn't lost. Look at my and, man trying to create a segue. Man. Number seven's Fresno State. Number seven's Fresno State. They, uh, what's a good word? I've been using evaporated a lot, disintegrated. I would just go with annihilated. Yeah. How about annihilated? Annihilated poor, UNLV. Poor UNLV, man. Mm. They, they, were so, they were so on the right path, and like it, it was all because of one guy, apparently, because as soon as the quarterback gets hurt, they just fall into a little pool of goo. Um, no, Fresno did exactly what they were supposed to do. And that's, again, like these rankings, it's, it's, I always get kind of uneasy when, when teams like that get this high in the rankings. But again, like I built in an adjustment. Like basically you have your original rankings. I made the opponent adjustments a little stronger. And then at the end, I, t- I basically project all the games like with, you have this rating, project all the games. And then I adjust accordingly if, if I'm like, if S&P is like missing high or low on you. Yeah. It's like, I, I mean, I'm very comfortable with this, like, de- uh, definition of S&P plus and Fresno State's number seven in it. I, it's, it blows my mind. Uh, I was scrolling through the box score while you were talking to see if there's anything fun we could parse for this, you know, 45 a, point win. It's it not, it's not as lopsided as it looks on the stats though. It's just, well, I mean, 60%. I'm looking at my, well, I'm looking at my little, no, no, no. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the regular box score. Well, I mean, yeah. Like I mean, okay. So, you know, we ended up with 300 yards. That must've come late. Um, that's the biggest thing, honestly, is it, what it looks like here from what the way you've trained me is that they're awful on third down. They were in third down a lot and they were in fourth down a lot to give you an idea. And, um, it looks like the only way that they could have had this much yardage and stayed out, it, it had to have been just long drives late, but even then they scored three points. Yeah. No, um, success rate by quarter for UNLV, 27% in the first, 20 in the second, 36 in the third, and 48 in the fourth. So, yeah, their, okay. their good plays came late uh, when yeah. the game was very, very over. Um, yeah. In non-garbage time, UNLV's poor backup quarterback, Max Gilliam, averaged three yards per attempt. Uh, All right, we got to hustle. We got to hustle a little bit. Number six is Notre Dame. Yep. Beat Northwestern. Yep. I, I watched a good portion of that game and I came away. I, okay. No, actually I was, I should have watched more of it because we'll get to the whole Alice, the yeah. LSU Bama thing. But I mean um, like, yeah, I should have watched more of it. Um, no, yeah, I, Bo- I no longer have anything trolley to say. I like Ian book. I think they're good. Yeah, he, like I, like I tweeted last night, he has been in two awkward, close situations. Uh, one of them being against Pitt after, after Pitt had the, uh, he threw a pick and, and Pitt had the kick return and all that. And it was closer than it should have been. And he goes out and completes like his last 10 passes and, and puts the game away. Uh, he completed like 75% of his passes in the second half. It was a close game at halftime. Uh, they put the game away, got a block punt. 
that allowed Northwestern back into the game for a second. And then he just goes and puts the game away again. Like he's, yeah. he's a really, really good quarterback. Not, <laughs> he's not Tua. he's not, you know, uh, some, uh, Kyler Murray, but he's a very, very solid quarterback. Um, Georgia, Georgia. five. Uh, man, I, I really did think Kentucky would be able to do a little bit more on defense, but no, nah, this is a, this is a better Georgia team than, than, than the one that played Florida in my opinion. Um, yeah. also Kentucky, I mean, look, Kentucky's a really fun story. I wrote about him on Friday. Um, but also like they don't score a lot of points. No, that kind of hinders you if your defense ever does get in there. <laughs> yeah. Like well, honestly, once the first uh, Georgia scored early and I was like, oh man, like something kind of not wacky or out of, out of context has to happen, but something big kind of has to happen right away because Kentucky's not the team that's going to come back down two scores. Mm -hmm. So they didn't No, basically the point. Like for all of the, you know, and I agree with you about some of the red zone play calling. And we, we all, we both watched the LSU game where Jake Fromm lost his mind and started looking over towards the bench. Like shit. Am I whoops, man, I earmuffs. That's okay. Look at, look at me. Like you, you trained me, but with the, the I drop an SHIT occasionally on the show. That's fine. Yeah, I, that's you fine. know, that, that one's you know, it's not usually as casual for, for me. Yeah. I, I'm going to blame you for that's what you were saying. Prime time TV swearing. Um, yeah, true. Uh, it's FX. Oh. We're on FX now. Um, Falcons up by 21 right now. Wow. No wonder you're not cursing. Uh, let's see. What was I saying? Oh, Georgia, uh, for all, like we, we watched the, you know, he, he was looking at the bench, waiting to get benched against LSU. We all saw that. They're still eighth in offensive S&P Plus. They were good. Like, they've been, they've been good all year offensively. It's just yeah. I think our bar is really high because of what they did last year. But, um, yeah. no, against a team that really, really just doesn't – like, that front seven has been nasty all year. Elijah Holyfield and DeAndre Swift, 34 carries, 271 yards. Uh, and Jake Fromm – was well, he was a he's, he was efficient passing the ball. No big plays. They because Kentucky doesn't really allow big plays other than that swift run. But they they just um, they figured out where their advantages were and they just murdered Kentucky with them. Murdered. Um, Obliterated. Evaporated. Murdered. Murdered so much I was looking at other stats and didn't pay attention to the countdown. Number four. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I felt bad last night. I, I wrote uh, just a quick piece on, on at the end of the game, basically saying that Oklahoma's really their only rival in the Big Twelve is Oklahoma um, because they were like minus three turnovers against Texas, minus two when it counted, and then they were um, minus two yesterday. Um, and uh, you know, th technically that that can be an issue. Kyler Murray lost his mind at the beginning of the game yesterday, but as soon as he put his brain back in, as soon as they were like, "Oh wow, we're down fourteen, nothing. Let's start playing," they they just the only reason it was close at the end was because of the first five or 10 minutes or whatever that was Oklahoma. And it never felt like they were seriously in danger the rest of the way. Sorry to West Virginia fans. I know you guys have massive upside. I've seen it. They um, do, but I still think like, Oh, OU has to make mistakes for anybody to, to come close to them in this conference. They're really good. God, if you ever want to look at a box score that I, and just find nothing of note or context in it, just look, look through one of these, like, Oklahoma, Texas tech, or like, I mean, it's just, <laughs> I, I think that's, that's junk. the point of my advanced box scores because yeah, you just, you just bathe in yardage. If you look in the, yeah. uh, in the big it's one, so hard to figure anything out from that. Um, West Virginia, I entering yesterday had the best defense of the Holgerson era in points allowed. Okay. Um, it is a good defense. It is a great defense for the big 12. I j just to just to push this whole thing forward, I don't know if it matters against Oklahoma. 
I do. I agree with you. And I think as long as there's no early brain farting, I think they'll, they should be able to lap these guys. That they're just because I, I, I actually, I mean, just for variety, I would like to see West Virginia win it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, I don't, despite where I grew up, um, like I don't have a natural, you know, football's better when OU's winning the big 12. OU wins the big 12 a lot. And I don't mind if somebody yeah. else did it, but I think I just, I, I think they're easily the best team. Kyler Murray, I am going to miss him. That has been one of the things like that I wanted to write about at some point here in the home stretch of the season is just that like, it's almost watching him is almost refreshing because we know he's going to play baseball after this because we don't have to go through these endless, horrible, mystifying, frustrating, unwinnable arguments about could he be a quarterback in the NFL? Um, He's just, he's not going to be. So we don't have to even think about it. We could just watch him run. And, and the fact that he throws more accurately, like on the run is, is just amazing. Well, I mean, he plays quarterback like an infielder, um, it's just so much fun to watch and, and I'm going to miss, I, I hate that we only get to see him one year in this offense. Obviously they've got, uh, you know, they're always going to be good, but uh, we, he's we particularly just, good. We just blew through our time. Um, yeah. <laughs> one, two, three, Alabama, Clemson, Michigan. We're starting we to see separation with one, two, three specifically in my opinion. Yeah. yeah uh, Michigan's the only one uh, Michigan crept ahead of Oklahoma and then 3.8 points ahead of Michigan is Clemson. And then 2.2 points ahead of them is Alabama, uh, Alabama. I pointed this out in my S P plus post this morning. Clemson is, or yeah. Clemson and Notre Dame are as close in the ratings as Notre Dame and Purdue. Um, this is all I'm going to say for the countdown show. Um, it's a fait accompli. I said that last night. It's now our jobs to find something else interesting because this is a completely <laughs> foregone conclusion that Alabama is going to win the national championship, most likely against Clemson after they each beat uh, in, in either order, Notre Dame and Michigan. That's it. I just, oh, don't, I mean, or, or Oklahoma, Oklahoma's involved too. And that could it's, be, yeah, it's, it's possible, but I just think of the teams. I now believe of the teams left, they're the likeliest to Oklahoma's the likeliest to maybe stumble one more time. Yeah, I mean, they still have to be. Honestly, Virginia I just think. Twice. I mean, I think if you if Notre Dame's undefeated and Michigan's one losses to Notre Dame, I think that may push them past a an Oklahoma team, even if they only have yeah, one. Yeah, loss. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I think I think you're right about like the top four odds right now, but I mean, the odds. I mean, things happen, and so Oklahoma is still extremely involved here. I guess that's my point: is that I don't believe things are going to happen now, <laughs> and and <laughs> that's when uh, that's when it's the worst. And that's when it, it, that's when I think the sport loses a lot. So Michigan does still have to win at Ohio state. Uh, so, I mean, there's that. We'll see. Notre they Dame. Look damn good. I mean, look, Michigan looks yeah. damn no, they good. They look great. Right they look great. Yeah. Um, All right, Bill. Uh, we are, by the way, I'm going to use yeah. my jinxing powers for good. We should like the entire Tuesday show should be about how, uh, how fate accompli Alabama and Clemson are. Yeah. Just lay the jinxing powers on as, as thick as possible. I don't want to jinx Clemson necessarily. Well, I, I mean, I don't, I mean, they're no different than Alabama to me at this point. Both are frustratingly exhilarating to watch, um, but they've also both been there forever and ever now. Like this will be the fourth, this would be the fourth straight year that they met in the college football playoffs. So they are in Alabama's class right now. I have rendered Godfrey speechless that, or he touched his mic and everything got disconnected, but let's end the show. We were going to end it anyway. Bye, guys.